Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm Mary Fran Johnson, Executive Director of CIO Programs here at IDG, and I am truly delighted today to welcome back, as one of our guests, Kathy Kozik, who is the CIO of PSAV on this September 10th edition of CIO Leadership Live. Based in Chicago, PSAV has been a big name in the events and meeting space since 1937. The company has grown into a $2 billion enterprise with operations in the U.S. and Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, and the Middle East. And what the company does provides a whole range of strategic planning, creative production, advanced technology, and staging services, many of which we have taken advantage of in our own CIO perspectives and CIO 100 events. Kathy has spent her career building high-performing teams in IT, customer service, and the engineering divisions of companies in several industries, telecommunications, public safety, transportation, and now the audiovisual and events and meeting space. Last year, she was inducted into our CIO Hall of Fame and throughout her career has been known for investing heavily in the leadership development of her staff. Before she came to PSAV in early 2015, she served as the CIO in CIO roles for the Hub Group, Motorola, and Tell Labs. Kathy's also actively led diversity initiatives, including Motorola's Women's Business Council globally, and she serves on the Board of Trustees for the Northwestern Memorial Healthcare System. She also holds an MBA from the University of Chicago and an electrical engineering degree from Purdue. Kathy, welcome here. Well, thanks for having me, Mary Fran. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, great. I just, I have to say the electrical engineering thing surprised me. I should have asked you to, to do something engineering like the last time we got together. I am a geek from way back. You are. So, you're deeply yes. more technical than I realized. Well, good. Well, I always like to start these interviews uh, giving our listeners and our viewers an idea about the business and the industry you're operating in. Um, yeah, as you put it, you're in the business more of connecting and inspiring customers. Outsiders might look at what PSAV does and says, oh, the AV guys. But the company's changing. The market is changing. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. You know, the, the market is, is very definitely changing. And what our customers are looking for has changed. You know, we were the AV guys. You know, you need a projector, we'll get you a projector. When you need a flip chart, we'll get you a flip chart. Mm -hmm. um, but now what our customers are looking for, you know, particularly in this day and age where it's so hard to keep an attendee engaged, they're looking for someone right. who's going to help them really connect with that audience and inspire that audience to go out and make a change. Maybe that change is mm -hmm. uh, rolling out a new product. Maybe that change is is uh, being the best salespeople ever. Right. Maybe that change is as simple as opening their wallets and giving money for a charitable cause. Mm -hmm. um, and they, the people who plan these meetings really need someone who can help them make that happen. And that's where PSAV fits in. Okay. Well, because I know from our own events that it's so important that all that work behind the scenes run so flawlessly because you only notice it when it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, in fact, one of the things, you know, a lot of people, and I'll say this for myself, when I interviewed with a company, it was, 
PSAV who, or mm-hmm. even worse, PSAV who, which right. is what some people say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we are the probably one of the largest companies nobody knows about, but yeah. everybody has worked with. Well, you're five times bigger than your nearest competitor. Right? We're, we're, we are certainly larger than yeah. our our nearest competitor here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we respect them deeply for what they do. Uh, we just think we do it better. Yes. Well, and of course we know you because we've worked with you at some of our events. And I think I told you I often march back and ask them all if they know the CIO. Have they met Kathy Kozik? And the ones who haven't met you are probably making a little note to themselves. I better check into, find out who this woman is when I get back to the office. Um, Tell me about, um, we know that um, digital transformation means different things for different businesses. Let's talk a little bit about in the event space itself. Um, how is digital transformation that's going on across every industry in its own unique way, how does that impact what happens in meeting spaces? Because some of it is the classic about getting people together in a room face to face. and But now there's all this essentially digital infrastructure that's around them. Absolutely. You know, the As we talked before, you, when you think about an attendee, when you think about your own experience as mm-hmm. an attendee, um, I know I am equally guilty. You go to a conference and if you get bored, the first thing you do is you look down at your phone and mm-hmm. you check back and see what the football scores are. Or if you're lucky, you're looking at your email for work. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is... We need that attendee to really use technology to help them stay engaged Ah, in the event. The magic E-word, engagement. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so the digital transformation of an event is really about how do I keep that that attendee engaged? How do I Mm -hmm. keep them connected to the message that's being delivered? And so it could be anything from, you know, what color lights are we using in the room? And we program those so at different points, they'll change colors, Psychologically, red keeps people excited, blue calms people down. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure your colors are reflecting that. Gamification, gamification, there Uh we go, is really important as well. Again, keeps the attendee excited about what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we are invested in. And one of the most recent companies that we've purchased, a company by the name of Concise, Mm -hmm. really brings that attendee experience actually to their device. And so there's actually more information about what's going on in the event on their phone. Yeah. It's a second screen technology and it really it's, it's an interactive live kind of uh, Absolutely. App. Yeah. It could be doing uh, adding polling information, it could be sending more detail about a uh, graph that's up on a screen. Mm-hmm. Anything that'll do that will help that attendee take notes and most importantly stay engaged. Yeah. Well, I think that's I've had a kind of a love-hate relationship with the mobile apps because especially when you're trying well until very recently a lot of them weren't that good and it was you know I, I mean I come out of a print journalism background I like the idea of a conference brochure in my hands I'll look at all, I'll take my notes on that um, and a lot of times too if you're getting IT executives together one of the big reasons IT executives assemble is to talk to each other and to network it's the number one reason why people go to any of our events out of IDG and and with our CIO series Um, 
but you've got a room full of introverts. And so the draw to that to the phone, to checking what's going on in the office, and just the the general, it's not first nature, I guess, for them to turn to the person next to them and start talking. So I'm always exhorting people at the, at our you know our events to actually network and chat with each other. But I do love the idea of the interactive element because that or the gamification, because once you get people engaged in that, they get kind of excited about it. And are they more likely to talk to each They're other? They're definitely more likely oh, to talk okay. to each other. Once they mm-hmm. get laughing, once they actually are contributing, they're going to lean over to the person next to them and have a conversation. Say, There's uh, also some technology that we've tried out where mm-hmm. um, you just based on some simple things you, you include in when you register, you can actually start matching with people and your your badge will start lighting up because you're next to somebody who's really? interested in the same topic that you are. Kind of an like, event form of Tinder? Uh, yeah. It is, absolutely. <laughs> Come and meet like-minded people. That would be fun, wouldn't it? It mixes yeah. up the audience a lot. Yeah. And again, it, it really changes the dynamics of what happens in a show. Yeah. That is interesting. Well, and I, I would imagine that right now across your industry, that is very variable. Like you go to some shows and you'd find, you know, if, if you've got this amazing new app, it's called Chime, right? The app. Mm-hmm. And is it in use now? It is absolutely okay. in use. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been in use primarily in the financial community for, okay. for quite some time now, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just bringing it out to a much broader audience okay. now so that uh, we can continue to grow and build the application and the features and functionality within it. Okay. Well, and I want to get in a little bit next to talking about the different business and technology initiatives you have underway. But I also remember wanted to remember to point out to the audience, if you're watching us right now live on Twitter and you have a question for Kathy, please tweet it in to us and we will be, we've got a super sophisticated filtering system where my colleague Ellen will let me know that you have tweeted in and uh, we will ask our CIO directly. So please uh, avail yourself of that capability. So back to this, when um, the, in, the, the companies in your industry are all changing because of digital technologies, how, how is that shaking out in terms of new disruptors that are coming around the edges? You know, everybody always names, you know, the taxi industry didn't see Uber coming and you know, Airbnb and that sort of thing. Do you have anything equivalent to that going on yeah. in the whole meeting and event space? I, absolutely. There's there's a number of things that are going on that that we're both a part of and watching very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, Airbnb, which you mentioned, is a great example. Um, we have 1,500 hotel partners, and oh, you know, so they're certainly seeing the Airbnb market disrupting groups that are coming, may or may not choose to come to a hotel venue. Ah. So you know, that's we're looking at that in terms of understanding the impact to our, our very important venue partners, but also thinking about well, how else can we serve that customer base mm-hmm. who is choosing to go to an Airbnb. Um, you know, oh. we're looking at you know how do you sell that solution experience online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people playing at the edges there, yeah. 
But that's an area that we're looking at very heavily and really okay. looking to invest in in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And well, and as we get further into our conversation, I want to talk about some of your specific innovation approaches. But next, I wanted to ask you about, uh, and I always ask CIOs to talk about their top business and technology initiatives. And one of the things you said to me when we discussed this, you said they're all one and the same. And now, is that because PSAV is a smaller company, well, $2 billion in size, uh, so you're not General Motors, but you're a good-sized company, um, or is that more your approach as a CIO? You know, that's really, I would say, my approach as a CIO has been all along, and, and certainly the approach of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's anything that we choose to invest in has to have a great return to the business and a very quick return to the business. Ah, Our business moves fast. IT has to move just as quickly, if not faster. Mm -hmm. And so making sure we're we're picking the right programs that are directly aligned with the business strategy Mm -hmm. and that we're we're ensuring that nothing turns into shelfware because not all of us hate shelfware in terms of the waste that's involved there. So so all of that's really important to us. We are directly aligned to where the business is going, and that's where all the money mm-hmm. and project effort goes. Okay. And how do you, on kind of a week-by-week, day-by-day basis, how do you make sure that happens? Do you have a some sort of a, a governance or a vetting committee, or how do you make sure that you don't take on something that will be a huge tech implementation success and then a business failure well you know the key things that we do um, at the down closer to the business we have decisions that get made by what we call our seal team people who come directly Mm -hmm. out of the business and who are very focused on what are the changes the immediate changes that we need to see in our existing systems Mm -hmm. to drive the business forward so that's one way we make sure it doesesn't get wasted but at the higher more strategic level, uh, it, it all comes down to that business case because the business case has to be real. In fact, mm-hmm. if you say you're going to get more revenue, guess what? It goes in your budget and in your, mm-hmm. your business plan. If you say that you're going to be more efficient, it it, again, mm-hmm. goes in your business plan. You have to, you have, to have metrics, you, essentially. You have to have metrics and and. I, I will put it this way. We're getting better about mm-hmm. measuring those metrics. Okay. Uh, initially, we were. It's a, it was a little more subjective, but we've been driving ourselves yeah. to become a lot more objective in what we're measuring. Well, I'm sure over your CIO career, you've seen a lot of wonderful IT metrics that didn't mean anything to people on the business side. What's an example of a metric that IT tracks closely that the business is completely that's that that matters to them as well. You know, the things that we are looking at are our business measures. So we are actually looking at revenue as it comes in. We're looking at um, our team member usage. We're looking at mm-hmm. making sure our team members are getting hours instead of outside team members. All of that due to the analytics that we are, we're now delivering in near real time to mm-hmm. all of our venue leaders. So Great. it's things like that mm-hmm. um, that we're measuring. It's not the traditional, well, how many people are using it? Mm-hmm. Although we do that right? oh, sure, you know, when yeah. we're doing some pilot work 
work. We're like we're doing a major pilot right now. And we do look at usage, mm-hmm. um, but to me, that's just the, the entry point. It mm-hmm. really it goes back to: Are we getting the business result that we expected? Are customers more happy with the services that we're providing? Um, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Well, and you'd mentioned too that essentially, as you change from more of a an AV equipment rental business to a much more consultative and more encompassing company approach. I wondered, how do you get those consultation skills ramped up within IT? Have you created new roles of people that are like business relationship managers or... We, we definitely have business relationship managers. I mm-hmm. think that's really critical. You have to have someone who feels ownership for the individual functions within an organization. That, okay. That's critical. But the other thing that I've done um, is get my folks, everybody in the IT team, out into the field so everybody can play mm-hmm. the role of business relationship manager oh, at least great. in some way mm-hmm. um, and as an example you know right now I have uh, 63 folks in mm-hmm. my organization overall mm-hmm. in every one of their uh, goals for the year is to spend a day out uh, in the field okay. as a tech and they spend mm-hmm. half the day actually setting up events and mm-hmm. understanding how incredibly difficult and demanding that job is oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and the other half they spend with people actually using the systems that we create mm-hmm. so that they can understand well what really is working what isn't what is everybody swearing about underneath their breath but never making the time to call the service Mm -hmm. center to complain so that's that's really to me the most important thing about getting the it team engaged and uh, can you think of any ideas that came back from these field visits when yeah i mean when they came back from it because i've had these conversations with cios i remember one in a grocery store chain went and spent a day in a bakery and he burned everything he touched but he came back with uh, a couple of really good ideas for streamlining the process of taking orders or something like that so do you have anything like that has come back intel from the field absolutely in fact that's the pilot that i was talking about Uh, we have a mobile app for our mm-hmm. technicians. In the past, our technicians and the, the leaders of each one of those venues would have a piece of paper for all the work they were going to do in a day. And mm-hmm. they would scribble notes on it throughout the day, and they had a clipboard, and it would get messy, and they would I, I've add I've seen things. those sheets of yeah, y- yes, the timing. Yes, and, flow mm-hmm, sheets is flow what sheets, we call yeah. them. Um, we've now put all of that on a mobile app. Uh, ah. It's live across 1,300 mm-hmm. venues at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, not only is there the facts, if you will, what do I need to set up, mm-hmm. um, there's also room diagrams. How do I set it up? There's also, uh, and this is probably the most important part, a link into information out of our CRM. Mm-hmm. So now for the first time, the technicians know exactly why is this customer having this meeting? What messages are they trying to deliver? What kind of environment are they trying to create? So mm-hmm. not just the technical bits and bytes of this kind of projector, this kind of screen, mm-hmm. it's why, which to me is really oh. important to me and to the leadership 
is really important about helping mm-hmm. the technician be a part of that customer's journey. Yeah, I, and that reminds me too of a, um, a book that um, some CIOs have recommended to me, and it's a, one of those leadership inspirational. I think Simon Sinek is the the author, and it's called Getting to Why or First Ask Why, or uh, it's along that whole idea that once people understand what they're doing in the bigger context, it just matters more. Context yeah. is everything, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, for any job that you have. Mm-hmm. And you know, if a customer comes into a room, they're already stressed because this is their meeting. They have to look good in front of their mm-hmm. boss. Is it too cold in the is room? It is cold, it too hot? Too hot. Yeah. Those colors mm-hmm. are all wrong. I gave you the wrong presentation. Yeah, it's too dark up on all, stage. All, yeah, yeah, all of those things. It's my the, world. <laughs> they need somebody who's who's looking them in the eye and mm-hmm. saying. It's going to be okay. Yeah, we'll I got your that. back. We'll fix that. Yes. Yeah, we'll get the hotel in here right away and right. we'll fix that. Um, the um, When you first joined you in January 2015, mm-hmm. um, what were your marching orders when you came in? What kind of before and after picture was your CEO? Because you report to the CEO. Right. So what was uh, he looking for? Mm-hmm. So what he and the board were really looking for was a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One was... Uh, we hadn't invested in IT really since the recession. Okay. Uh, as you can well imagine, with a recession, there was a pretty big downturn mm-hmm. in business events. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, IT was kind of the last thing mm-hmm. within the company to recover after the recession. So it was about let's reinvest, let's refresh our technology, mm-hmm. let's let's make sure we've got the right basic blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. But also, by the way, Let's start digitizing ourselves. Let's use analytics and and start to do meaningful things about really maturing the organization and driving it forward. Mm-hmm. Well, you must have had to then look at essentially the whole business workflow and how technology, because just upgrading to the next version of Microsoft, whatever, doesn't really get anybody's business moving forward. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I will. I will mm-hmm. say this as an event okay. business. Oh. Microsoft Office is is we live and die by that. Okay, um, and mm-hmm. so making sure that we do have the most current version, which we did not, mm-hmm. um, is really important. Yeah, but but also it is about understanding the business. It is about understanding what matters most to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and and most importantly of all, because I have great team of people who have great experience in terms of developing applications. Ah. But what mm-hmm. we didn't have was the trust of the business because mm-hmm. we were having stability issues and you know, mm-hmm. every CIO will tell you if you can't get the basics right, yeah. why yeah. should I talk to you about my strategy? I know. You run into the CEO in the hallway and he wants to know why was the network down. And, yes. And that conversation yes. is a black hole. Yeah, It, yeah. it, it never goes <laughs> where you want it to go. It never go. goes well, no. <laughs> yes. Well, and you mentioned actually some of the things that big tech changes you've had underway and and are even ongoing now, like upgrading your CRM and uh, upgrading your your finance, your big enterprise finance. You also mentioned that you rewrote the internal operating system that you use for event delivery, all while changing out the infrastructure. I, absolutely, that sounds like fun. It was. It, yeah. it's been uh, it's been a tremendous time. Yeah, um, <laughs> everybody's and... got party hats on. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
there hmm. were days yeah. we, we didn't have party hats on, uh-huh. but but <laughs> it, but it has been a lot of really good work. And again, it's mm-hmm. because um, everybody within the organization could directly see the results of what they did, whether it was mm-hmm. make email more stable. Or it was improving the user interface for our operating environment. All of those things, you know, paid direct dividends in terms of the trust, the respect, uh, the 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 willing to work with us Mm -hmm. that we got back from the business as a part of the work that was being done. Good. Well, and and you'd mentioned too when we talked that you're predominantly on premise right now with all your software versus Mm -hmm. being in the cloud. How is that? Do you have folks on the business side, like I'm thinking of the people in marketing and sales, for instance, pushing for more like, why aren't we cloud now? Because because so, so often the business side of the organization thinks the cloud is like a magical place, whereas really it's just somebody else's data center. But, yes, um, yes. <laughs> but how, what, is your, what is your view on that? Is there a business plan to move X percentage of the apps to the cloud or... You know, yeah, we are um, privately owned, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, when you're in the private equity business, EBITDA is what matters. Yeah. Um, and so, if we go to the cloud, if and when we go to the cloud, because mm-hmm. there are places we need to go to the cloud, yeah, um, we need to understand the business impact that's going to have in our P and L statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that we continue to work. We again, same thing. We have to look for a good business case that can justify yeah. that that change fairly significant change in fact in in how we were, are reporting our earnings so uh, it's not a technology issue oh interesting um, I, like, mm-hmm. I'd love to go to the cloud in yeah. some places mm-hmm. it really is much more about financial management and making sure we're doing the right thing by oh, our okay. owners yeah because it's kind of it's hard to imagine uh, any kind of company-wide digital transformation that doesn't use the cloud somewhere as a platform or right. as a provider. Uh, it's just, it's its so, but then again, uh, we just had at our, uh, our big CIO 100 event last month, I had uh, Randy Mott from General Motors on stage talking about why he went out and bought four, uh, built four data centers and why he moved from 90% outsourced in the cloud to 90% insourced. So, you know, in IT, there's always, uh, there's always a lively debate that goes on about how much should you outsource? Hey, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my career experience, what I'll tell you is that I've been parts of organization that were 0% outsourced mm-hmm. and 90% outsourced. Yep. Both answers are wrong, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to be 90% outsourced because now you don't really know how your company is run. You really don't. Right. Um, you don't know where your data is. You don't know how you're, you, all the things that you need to be yeah. able to do with it. Um, but 0% is also equally wrong, right? Because you're not, you're not moving fast enough. I can mm-hmm. almost guarantee you, you're not moving fast enough for your business. Yeah. And you know, certainly your cost structure is going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. So finding that sweet spot, and every business is probably different, yeah. but finding that sweet spot that's right for your business mm-hmm. is where you really need to focus. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've heard ratios thrown out like 60-40, 70-30. This is we want to be this much in cloud 
wouldn't. Right. And some businesses can do it and want to be 100% in cloud. Um, but then you get other CIOs that say, where's your intellectual property resource there? Absolutely. You're always renting it instead of growing it. Um, well, let's uh, let's delve into a couple of examples of some of the IT improvements, the things that you've been doing since 2015 that have um, that your business folks would recognize and say, oh, yes, that was valuable. Hey, absolutely. You know, I can give you a, a couple of examples. Um, certainly the the most obvious is uh, the stability of the organization. Now, of course, uh, mm-hmm. I have to knock on wood because my team <laughs> knows every time I say something stupid like that, yeah. something goes down. Yeah. So anyhow, that more, 99 five nines up time, yes. you don't want to be saying that on the day where that right. one little when digit, that yeah. one thing <laughs> happens, that one data center has a little bit of an issue down in San Antonio. We'll call it a glitch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so certainly uptime is probably mm-hmm. the thing that bought us the most yes. uh, value. But on top of that, in terms of business applications, you know, some really key ones. Um, one of the most important ones that we've done is to help uh, our scheduling for all of our team members. Mm-hmm. We're very, we have about 9,000 employees all together. We're very proud of the fact that about 95% wow. of them are directly customer facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were uh, very localized in terms of how we scheduled work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for our team members. And and one of the things that we missed with that was that where there were opportunities to give more hours to our employees and fewer hours to contractors. external contractors, um, we, were, we were missing all of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now with the new applications that we have out, they're able to do that and we've significantly improved the mm. number of hours that we keep in-house, um, which gives us the ability to train and develop more of our own employees um, okay. and really make sure that they have um, long career journeys in front of them yeah. because they have more opportunities to be in front of the customer. Well, and I hope that internally somehow, like in a newsletter or some kind of IT marketing, I hope somebody's making noise about that. No, we, we've talked about that. Oh, now, good. Like yeah. every IT organization, I will say we are desperately challenged in terms of communicating. Mm. We communicate too much. We mm-hmm. communicate too little. We mm-hmm. nobody ever reads the emails anyhow. I so know, so that's something actually as a company as a whole we're working on. Yeah. We've refreshed our intranet um, and mm-hmm. went from something that looked mm, old, uh, and, yeah. uh, and and now we have a very nice fresh interface for our for our internet we've used our employee feedback mm-hmm. about what should be up there and and probably right. one of the great examples in terms of things that have helped IT with that is um, our notice our downtime notices now are on the front page of the internet instead of yet another email that people have to read right um, and so that's mm-hmm. appreciated but probably even more importantly all those mm-hmm. videos of how to run that new application. Yeah. Very easy to find, very nice. easy to follow. Nice. nice, crisp, clean, short. That's good. That's or, good. Like what they would want to find on YouTube. Yes. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. 
which is what we're focused on doing. Well, that's good. And I, I find, um, I and I always ask CIOs about the whole marketing and communication aspect of what they're doing and accomplishing in IT, because it's a real Achilles heel for IT leaders everywhere. And it's it's one of my big beefs with CIOs is the, the, the excess of modesty that many CIOs have. Actually, when we were getting this show started, I was a little worried that I wouldn't be able to talk people into coming on here and talking frankly about great things they're doing as well as how they're solving problems um, because CIOs always want to, well, give me another year and I'll have more results. <laughs> so, Well, none of us can mm. wait another year to have real results. That's a good point. All of yeah. our companies are moving so fast. Yep. You know, the days of doing an ERP over 18 months, 24 months, Yeah, we, none of us sh- should be doing that anymore. Right. Because right. we're going to break our businesses yeah. by doing, taking too long to get to value. Well, that reminds me, too, and I, it's a natural at this point to ask you about, oh, does that all mean agile development? And I had never heard the term before from you that you used, wagile. Wagile. All right. Let's talk yes. about wagile and what that means. You know, I feel for, a little like Bugs Bunny here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, for, for us, what wagile mm-hmm. means is that, yes, you know, in terms of requirements management, testing, et cetera, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Um, we use what feels like a waterfall approach, but we do it in sprints. And so we will do a three-week sprint um, following that process, making sure we've got the right requirements, we've done the wireframes, we've, mm-hmm. we have our test plans, et cetera, but we do them very quickly. So okay. we don't have the formal scrum masters and stand-up meetings. Stand-up meetings. Friday. We do some of those stand-up meetings, but, yeah. but it's, it's certainly not the formal process anybody would recognize, Right. but it works mm. for us. Yep. Well, and I've actually heard versions of that from a lot of CIOs. It's uh, it, it's like taking on a particular eating plan. You know, there's like 17 different ways to do it. Right. And um, agile is the same way. Everybody's got there's classic agile and there's there's the, you know there's various um, branded agile approaches. Right. And I don't run into anybody who's like following something you know chapter and verse. There's there's so. a few people out there, but you mm-hmm. know one of the things that I've seen with IT organizations is. We can get sucked into religious wars. Uh, another one that I've seen mm-hmm. is ITIL. Well, you know, we oh, have to right. find follow ITIL, you know, to the and letter. We can't be agile till we, we do till we do ITIL. And it, no, for every company, there's there's bits and pieces that are really good fits. Do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and remind me, I I remember that it's information technology something library. What is information? ITIL? Technology something library. Okay, you too, information huh? library. <laughs> no, is that I don't a remember. workflow framework? It's it's about workflow. Yeah. It's about actually how you run more about your services and so are, it's are the you, underlying process. The underlying of getting process the work of done. recovering work, okay. recovering from an outage, and okay. you know having mm-hmm. an incident versus. A, you know, hmm. An international incident versus a domestic incident. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
Well, and I also wanted to remind you to talk about another application you'd mentioned when we were thinking of things that delivered real business value, uh, something called Lighthouse. Lighthouse is the application mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, that, as I said, we are just rolling out now and is out there in the 1,300 employees' hands. We went in pilot. This was something that was done very much in conjunction with all of our technicians. Okay. And this is not the workflow app that you talked about previously. This is another one. This, okay. this is another one. And again, it's really about um, how, making sure that we have the right information in people's hands, mm-hmm. um, that it addresses the way they really work as opposed to the way we in corporate think we work, they work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the, the approaches that we're bringing into the company uh, is, is John Carter's uh, Accelerate, Cotter, sorry, mm-hmm. Accelerate process. Uh-huh. Um, and okay. uh, that's where you really engage people directly into making their lives better and letting them come up with the innovative ideas Mm -hmm. and and engaging directly in making sure that it comes to fruition and it really works the way they need it to and so although we sounds like an ownership approach it's very much about ownership and and again it's not you don't set up a special team to do things you get people to nominate themselves to want to be a part of it Um, and um, (laughs) we've we've seen some good outcomes not only in IT but in other areas Areas of the company, and this is something that uh, we're really looking forward to driving harder and into the organization. Interesting. Do you do? Is it uh, training classes or online videos? How do people learn about Accelerate? It, it, it really, uh, you know, at this point, we're still in the formative stages. Okay. So um, it's it's discussion groups more than anything else. We have a mm-hmm. lot of work to do to make it more formal. Okay. But as I said, we. We've had these couple of experiments that really tell us that this is worth some, something worth doubling down on. Oh, um, okay. And, you know, whenever you get corporate involved in mm-hmm. initiatives, you can it's too easy to become not invented here or all the reasons why something doesn't work. Yeah. We want to get that noise out and ah. make sure we're following mm-hmm. that. Well, and that's that's interesting, too, because that's going after a big change in perhaps what is company culture. Absolutely. Because you've got, and probably at PSAV is like most companies where the majority of employees have many years in with the company. I mean, the company's been around since 1937. That happens, right? right? Um, but changing company, what was it the, the saying that um, culture eats strategy for, for lunch? lunch. Yes. yes. Uh, I hear that a lot, and I think that that, that's probably very true. So so some of it depends on how much enthusiasm you have generated from the CEO and the rest of the C-levels on this. Well, the CEO is the driving force behind this. That helps. uh, Mike, if you're listening, this one's for you. Uh Um, And and again, you you see it happen, and you see it work. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, you see the ownership and the engagement the employees have because they are now part of that change. Yeah. You know, in PSAV, we're we're 
9,000 really creative people. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, some of the things I, I've seen our team members do, it's just amazing yeah. uh, what they can do. And so to engage them in improving their own life, mm -hmm. um, nothing but good can come from well, that. Well, a lot of them, too, are, are fairly technical. I mean, yes. they are used to working with audiovisual equipment and staging setups, and a lot of that stuff is pretty techy. So it's nice. I mean, it's not like you have a whole bunch of people that uh, are afraid of their laptops. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not the case here. Yeah. The... Um, and that, that reminds me, we had talked about uh, the approach you take to innovation. I always ask about that because many, some companies take a much more formal and structured approach. Some of them have a method. Uh, sometimes there's an innovation lab. Here's where you go with your idea. Uh, and But you'd mentioned that a lot of the innovation actually comes from the field, and it's more of an informal company-wide approach. Talk a little bit about that, a how absolutely. it works. Absolutely. You know, as I said, you know, we're 9,000 very, very creative people. Mm -hmm. And so we do have an innovation council. Mm -hmm. It's led by our chief innovation officer. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm a member of it along with, with several other members of the executive team. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so so we we work on coming up with new ideas, things that will let us out Uber our competition, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but But again, the reality is there's 9,000 people out in the field, the ones who serve the customer every day, who have to, um, who see new technology and have really wonderful mm -hmm. ideas, experiments that they run on a daily basis, investing in what they see and encouraging them to bring up those ideas mm -hmm. um, is where it, what really matters. And so, uh, again, I'll use Lighthouse as an example. Um, we've been running surveys throughout our pilot over the last year, and those surveys have given us all the feedback um, that have then gone into the program. You know, we thought it was we thought that what we needed most importantly uh, was room diagrams, and room diagrams are certainly important. We got that mm -hmm. feedback, but push notifications, the ability for oh. a manager or a regional manager to push out uh, notices on the spot mm -hmm. to their uh, to their employees is what's most important to them and so uh -huh. you know they we changed our development program now to make sure that uh, we, mm -hmm. that's what we do next. Right, right, right. Well, the um, when we think about the tech skills and the things that are key to what you're doing as a business, um, you'd mentioned that um, user experience or the UX is something you, that you've invested in and are continuing to invest. Where is that kind of investment, where does that go? Is that UX training on the, the technology organization side, or is there a part of it that's also business-oriented? It, it, um, it's all of the above. Okay. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we have... Um, we, we've done a number of things to make sure from a technology perspective mm -hmm. um, that our, our team members are exposed to uh, things like, uh, I'll recommend a book, uh, mm -hmm. Steve Krug's Rocket Surgery Made Easy. Okay. You can find it on Amazon. It's a great mm -hmm. book. It's an easy read. has lots of pictures, always important. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but it really brings home um, 
what we need to do, what all of us as technologists need to do, so that we can create an application that's just intuitively obvious to use. That's so simple, you can sit in front of something and know right away what you're supposed to do. Um, yep. And yeah, as opposed to some of the arcane things that sometimes technologists can come up, myself included. Um, and so, th mm -hmm. so that certainly is one piece. But the other piece also is talking as we go through business um, processes mm -hmm. to think about, well, how do we make them simpler, not more complex, mm -hmm. but how do we get things down to the things that really matter? Um, in sales, for example, um, we've gone through a number of initiatives to change our sales process and get it closer to the customer. Mm. Um, but then we realized recently that it's gotten a little too scientific and a little mm. too complex. And so now we're starting to pull things out of there. That, so just so that, it, again, it's an intuitive process mm -hmm. as opposed to something that somebody has to look at the cheat sheet to figure out, well, what am uh, I supposed to do next? And could you, could, did you hear feedback from the salespeople on that? Or was it that you noticed usage was falling off? It, yeah, feedback from the field, okay. definitely. Um, and, you know, we listen very carefully to what, what all of our employees have to say. Mm -hmm. um, sales, t sales team members can be the most emphatic mm -hmm. uh, of some of the audience. They're good talkers. They're very good talkers, mm -hmm. yep. and as they should be, and, yep. they're, and they're wonderful at it. Um, and so listening very carefully to what they're telling us and, mm -hmm. and really changing our approach, not only so it's easy for the salesperson to do, but most importantly, so it's in the customer's language instead of our own. Okay. Um, so okay. that's, that's in fact, one of the next things we're going to be investing in. All right. Well, and we've talked about a number of the things that have been going really well and very successfully. Where have you run into, where have you fallen into like a little pit on something? What has been, you know, like maybe an, 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 an overdevelopment on something that kind of backfired? You know, I, probably the the best example of that was getting ahead of ourselves um, on some technology. Mm -hmm. um, we, as we were refreshing our infrastructure, in fact, um, we we tried out some some new um, storage technology, server and storage technology, mm -hmm. and um, you know it was the best hottest thing. Yahoo, you know, yeah, go team. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this yeah. is this is good geeky stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and we didn't realize that it wasn't a good fit uh, for our major operating environment. And, yeah. and in fact, mm -hmm. um, we got ourselves in, into trouble in, mm -hmm. in terms of being able to provide the right performance mm -hmm. for, for the company. Uh, and uh, so that certainly was, was something we needed to fix and fix mm -hmm. very, very quickly. So, so Walk that, or run that back, yes, essentially. Yes, very yeah. quickly. So yeah. that, that, that's one <laughs> From a, from a technology side, mm -hmm. um, from an application side, um, you know, I talked earlier about shelfware. Yes. Um, there were a couple of things that were really great ideas. Yeah. Um, primarily from the uh, from members of the leadership team, and <laughs> and we were all behind it, and this is the right thing yeah. to do. But we hadn't thought about the impact to right. to the end user. Mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't thought about well, and who's going to look at the results from this? Right. And so we developed a couple of really cool applications yep. with great business need to mm -hmm. be filled. 
but they kind of they were before their time. Were before their time, yeah. and in fact, the mm-hmm. right pieces of them are now in Lighthouse. So. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's one of the things that I think, and I think CIOs know this, but sometimes business people aren't as attuned to it. Is the notion that you can't keep innovating without you have to have failures if you're doing real innovation because innovation just by definition is something you haven't done before right, right. it's a new way of doing it and i've always maintained that the the best definition of innovation is trying something new that actually works out right you know all the other stuff is the the failing fast and forward kind of thing yes and failing uh, fast and that that's one of the things all of us is as IT people have to be honest about. Yeah. First of all, you have to acknowledge you are there are things that are not going to work. Yeah. But most importantly, you also have to be able to look in the mirror and say, "Eh, this is the one that didn't work." Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Even if there's still someone in the business saying, "But we got to have it." Well, stop. I, I've talked with so many CIOs who uh, will come in a, a lot of times if they're joining new companies, they'll get in and they'll look and there will be a lineup of 95 projects in the queue because the IT department in recent years has gotten very allergic to the word no. You know, and everybody comes along, especially if it's one of the C levels. Right. Great idea, boss. You know, and that one gets in the queue and they're sometimes isn't a company culture to be able to say, let's dig into that a little bit and see how it would really work. Um, and that's, I think that's tough for any company to it, do. It's tough for any company, yeah. but again, as a CIO, it really is your responsibility to do that. Okay. Find the zombies and kill them. <laughs> you and I were talking about vampires yes, earlier. Well, yes, this is we a were. case of zombies. Yeah. Um, we all have zombie projects. <laughs> we all need to grow up and kill yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I've heard, too, uh, one of the methods I've heard some CIOs talk about is they'll make themselves like a grid, and it will be all the projects that have the real business value delivery go in this box, and the ones that have no obvious owner and no obvious delivery, they get to be essentially sunsetted, or I guess... Zombie killed. Zombie killed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the uh, and since we're talking about uh, zombies, we should talk about robots, artificial intelligence, and all that sort of stuff. You said you're you're investing in some AI capabilities, especially things like natural language interfaces. Talk about kind of that leading bleeding edge of uh, technology, and where do you find the things to invest in, and what kind of things are you doing? Well, you know what we're looking at, uh, particularly around AI is really improving, taking our analytics projects to the next level. Okay. Um, when one, one of the things that, that I and others were brought on board was to provide better analytics. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, you know, we've gone from having a rough idea of how things are going Mm-hmm. but not really knowing until after close. Having a gut feel. Yeah, having that gut feel <laughs> to now we're near, near real time okay. um, in terms of how the business is doing and we can make immediate decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, now we want to take it to the next level. We mm-hmm. want to talk about forecasting. We want to talk about um, not only forecasting what's going to happen uh, in the foreseeable future, but also starting to look at, you know, hey, if if we know how things have worked in Chicago mm-hmm. for the last three years, 
you know, what can we predict given what we know about the economy or, you know, the customers who are choosing to come into Chicago Mm -hmm. that will tell us what the event experience is going to be in the next year to two. Mm -hmm. So we're just starting to play with that. Okay. Uh, We've done a couple of things around um, the large business, predicting ballroom business Mm -hmm. um, and understanding, again, what the variables are are you mm-hmm. know what the what the data will tell us the variables are about mm-hmm. um, that business and and what it looks like and how it grows and how successful we are in in achieving that business so that's one thing that we're looking at um, we know there's more opportunities out there um, in AI mm-hmm. again you know being one of the larger businesses in in this particular industry we mm-hmm. have a wealth of information yeah um, and and, and we're just now poised, really, to milk that for a lot more insight mm-hmm. um, and and hopefully a lot of insight in terms of how we can better serve our customers as well. So that's, that's uh, one thing that we're playing with. Natural language. Mm. Um, you know, I, I want our, our customers and our um, technicians and our salespeople to be able to say, hey, PSAV, mm-hmm. I want an event that looks like this. Like your in-house uh, like, version of Alexa? Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we're, oh. we're starting to play around with that. Yeah. Um, we hope to have, we have to have some, some good things in the next year or okay. so in that space. Well, you had mentioned uh, virtual reality too, the VR stuff. I remember a few years ago, when virtual conferences were popping up and everyone in the conference and event business was a little deer in the headlights about, geez, what, what's going to happen if people actually just attend events at their computer screens? And it didn't come about, but I also remember way back when Apple tried with the Newton and it was a huge failure. Right. And then fast forward a few more years and you've got the iPad. So, uh, you know, stuff eventually, things that maybe were not, it, it wasn't the time for it. You have to do a certain amount of assuming that in the future it may be the time. I, I think mm. it will play a role. Okay. I don't think it will totally replace the face-to-face experience. Um, we're firm believers as a company that there's a lot more that gets achieved by actually looking at yeah. somebody eyeball mm-hmm. to eyeball. Yeah. Um, and and having those accidental meetings as you both go to grab the same cookie in the afternoon mm-hmm. break. Why are they always cookies? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, no, but anyhow, saying. you know, we do believe face to face will always matter because yeah. you do achieve so much more. That being said, and you're totally singing to the choir here. I just yeah. love that whole idea. But yeah, but the, you, there are cases where people can't attend. Yes, um, and in person, and so there's some technology that's in place mm-hmm. um, that a couple of companies are using. ESPN, for example, mm-hmm. uses it in as an offering as, around gaming experience, where uh. you can you can have the front row with a seat front seat of the house yeah. uh, using virtual reality. Um, something nice. like that, you know, I think I think there's opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the opportunities we have seen uh, with a pickup so far is uh, virtual reality for visits before you pick 
uh, the location you're going to have your oh, event in. Tour the actual ballroom. Tour room the stuff. actual ballroom. Mm-hmm. Have you know have an experience where you can see, in terms of augmented reality, what that ballroom would look like mm-hmm. if it was set up the way that you're looking to to set up your event yes well and i know like the cruise industry and the and the real estate industry are already making great use of that kind of you must do you do a certain amount of that where you just watch around in other industries on what and how they're using something what have you seen lately that impressed you oh um that's a good question i'm not sure i have a good answer all right um let me come back to that okay, one. Okay, we'll come back to that one. And I've got a, a, a follow-up on that about how do you keep track of the leading edge of technology? Do you read? Do you visit Silicon Valley? Do you send people out? Do you just come to all my events and then learn about it that way? I we, mean, we come to learn from your knee all the time, Mary <laughs> Fran. But no, we do go out yeah. to events. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of events that are specific to the um, to the uh, hospitality industry. Okay, that and makes sense. So you know, we do do try to keep a very close mm-hmm. eye on on what's going on in the hospitality industry. I'll also say, you know, I'm a long-term Gartner client. Mm-hmm. Um, spent a lot of time paying attention to things that they talk about as yeah. well. Um, and they occasionally get something right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, you know, we look anywhere that we can find. Essentially, yeah. I'm an avid reader of business um, business articles. Mm-hmm. Um, spend a lot of time with the Wall Street Journal and a number yeah. of other um, papers. I love, I love Peter to, High's column in Forbes.com. Yes, uh, Peter, Peter's column is awesome. Yes. Um, he interviewed you not he too did, long ago. He did. He did. Yes. But mm-hmm. um, you know, really, we should all be looking at everything. Yeah. Um, trying to understand uh, what what the art of the possible is, mm-hmm. um, and and to go back to your last question, you know, one of the things that you had you had asked was um, things that I've seen that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, you know. We've had the sense that uh, setting up meetings is is an, is something that has to be done face to face. What we're mm-hmm. seeing is that um, that there are some smaller, more social uh, setups that ah. can be done. Um, by texting, by, by I don't know about texting. It's a very <laughs> visual thing, but certainly oh. by mm-hmm. uh, having an experience. There's an organization called Bizly.com that we've mm-hmm. looked at. You know, that that enables you to have a special meeting experience. Oh, this is non-traditional meeting non-traditional spaces. Non-traditional meeting okay. spaces, and so just you know, paying attention to that, and really probably. Most importantly, paying attention to what the millennials are doing in general, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. how they interact with things, right? And and what experiences they're looking for, because mm-hmm. in 10, 15 years, they're going to be the meeting planners of the future. Well, they would probably tell you that's two to three years, by the way, because they'll yes. all be VPs by then. Yes, yes, um, I've had some of those conversations. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, uh, that reminds me about how you bring in talent on your own staff. Uh, do you have some, have you acquired millennials of your own? And We have. I, I know that the Chicago market for technology talent is fierce. 
because uh, we're going to be there in two days uh, yes. with with our CIO Perspectives event. And that's always whenever I talk with Chicago CIOs, I'm like, when? what is your number one problem? And they're like, talent. 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 Yes. So what have you done to you, bring them in? It's about building relationships with universities. Ah, um, okay. And, you know, because, you know, we we all need some of the, the fresh ideas that are coming out of universities. So connecting with professors, we're, we're doing some analytics work with SMU, for example, mm-hmm. down in Dallas. Um, we've worked with IIT in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So making sure that you have access to to a, a good flow of talent, mm-hmm. um, but also getting known. I mean, uh, selfishly, I'll tell you, one of the reasons I'm on this right now is mm-hmm. uh, just to let make sure people know make who sure PSAB, PSAB is. is. And, That's right. And it, know it's a cool business and we do cool stuff in IT. And you're based in a cool city. Everybody yes, likes Chicago. Absolutely. Yes. Especially, right especially on the in blue September. Line. Right on the blue line. All right. That's great. One of the best foodie cities in the yes. world is Chicago. Chicago, yes. So we're always thrilled when we go there, although I end up working most of the time I'm there. But I keep thinking I should give myself a day on either end. And You have to. Yeah, go to I the know. Art Institute. I know. You know I know. Well, we had last year, we had the uh, CIO of the Cleveland Museum of Art come and do a presentation. She's doing the most amazing things with all kinds of art uh, visual art lens and all. Yes. Oh, so you're familiar. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, fascinating these days how many industries have the leading edge stuff that's going on and i love to find this oftentimes the person leading the way is the cio well in fact the that story about art lens and Mm -hmm. the the cleveland um, museum of art was one of the things that inspired me around visualization and how we can even if we Mm -hmm. can't go directly to e-commerce we can certainly make it easier to visualize what the art the possible is mm-hmm. um, in fact we just opened a new inspiration section on our our website um, with a, the mm-hmm. marketing team is working with our field folks in fact yeah. to come up with wonderful pictures to I help people at it. the art is beautiful yeah on that yeah. yeah and just understanding the art of the possible she she helped open my eyes to that too. good 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 well um, the the CIO role itself it has evolved and changed a lot over the last few years. And when I think back to your CIO roles at Hub Group and at Motorola, um, how is this different? How does this feel different to you as a CIO? What are some of the things that are just more fun to do that you didn't get to do in the past? So one of the things I'll say is just it's a really fun business. Um, uh, you mm-hmm. know, um, it's very fast not to moving. Say, yeah, mm-hmm. not to say manufacturing's not interesting and fun right. or moving trucks, um, mm-hmm. but you know, we do really creative things, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, doing one of, one of the things I love is video mapping where you take projectors and you can, you can um, put them on buildings and show different things. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a team in the UK that does wonderful work with that um, at Cambridge University and just just gorgeous oh, things. Yeah. Um, and, and we're doing that around the globe. Um, so things like that, things like uh, working on West End shows in London, um, the mm-hmm. the Capitals, Washington Capitals celebration parade, mm-hmm. um, Tony 
Tony Bennett's 90th birthday party. Uh, along, these are all PSAV events. These are all PSAV events. And the Sky Ball, right? And, with and the Sky Ball with, with American Airlines, which is just a wonderful event. Uh, everybody should look it up. It's in a hangar uh, yeah. down in, in Dallas-Fort Worth for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, veterans. And it's, it's an amazing experience. And, and you think you've seen a big screen until you see what see, you guys see a screen that covers an entire hangar airport wow. a- airplane mm-hmm. hangar um and so and, and then yes we do fabulous things for organizations like cio mm-hmm. idg we do fabulous things for uh you know, fortune 500 companies big small um yeah. it's just a lot of fun yeah well and your business has been very focused on you're in hotels you're in 1500 hotels and convention centers but what is the i'll, I'll as my wrap-up question i'll ask you what is the growth strategy for the company i mean because at some point you're run out of hotels and what do you do then and how much of it is u.s based versus global you know um we are certainly heavier in hotels at this point Mm -hmm. and heavier in in the u.s and canada in terms of our business Um, we look to shift that um, Ah. going forward we do expect to continue to grow in the markets that we're currently in Mm -hmm. um, but we are really doubling down and then some Mm -hmm. on production uh, on the pro- large, large-scale uh, production, mm-hmm. including creating creative content, et cetera. Oh, um, and, and so that's one area that we're, we're spending more time on. A lot of new IT work has to go in around that, mm-hmm. as well as trade shows and exhibits. Again, we've got a great presence in that space already. We know we can do more. We're in a lot of convention centers. Mm-hmm. We know we can do more. And then you know we're looking for different things as well. Uh, a lot of people don't know we're in Fenway Park um, here in Boston. Okay. Um, we're in Twickenham Stadium in the UK, mm-hmm. um, and so the the sports venues. You know, everybody's looking for something new and unique to do in their meetings. Yeah, sports venues is a great place to go as well. Oh, I see. Well, this sounds like a great place to put in a plug with your CEO to double your size of your IT organization. Well, absolutely. Should we do that? Yes. <laughs> we'll just end with that. A message to Mike. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mary Fran. It's been a pleasure talking with you, as always. And uh, I will see you in two days at our event in Chicago. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Kathy. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. If you are joining us late and would like to watch the full episode, which, of course, I highly recommend, you can find it posted uh, by tomorrow. It will be on CIO.com. And the audio podcasts of my interview with Kathy will be on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. And if you've also, if you've enjoyed our CIO Leadership Live, do join me for our next episode, which will be coming up in about two weeks on Friday, September 28th at 1.30 in the afternoon. And I'll be joined by Dick Daniels, who is the CIO at Kaiser Permanente, the giant healthcare organization based out in California. And we will, as we always do on, uh, on CIO Leadership Live, we'll have a great conversation. Thanks for being with us today.